Hey guys, welcome back to Esthetician on the Edge, the podcast. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Um, and I hope you ate your weight in carbs. That's like the one day that it's cool. I ate so much dressing. That, that's um, that's stuffing for anyone who's not Southern. With mac and cheese. Oh my God. Like mac and cheese. That's how you get me to talk in a, um, like if you're torturing me to get information. Dude, just give me some mac and cheese. I will tell you anything. But I ate so much of that. My glycation death, it is yeah, pretty much at this point, it's inevitable. You guys uh, had some strong reactions to the to the last episode. Mainly good, mainly good. My teachers out there, uh, I I heard you. I know that you are a victim of the system you work in. I used to work in the same system. Shit, I might be back in the same system before long. Students know that most aesthetics teachers out there, they are trying their damnedest to make you great estheticians. Give them a hug. Better yet, how about you just stay off your damn phones and iPads and let them teach theory without having to um, redirect your attention? Just one day. Just one day. Also had some students who were shocked and surprised that some of you are being taught by cosmetology teachers. Uh, apparently, a couple of you went back to school and point blank ask. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Got quite a few of you saying that you had always thought that you were the only one not getting the promised training whenever you start a new job. No, nope. No, it's almost all of us that's getting 50 shades shafted, but without the cute rich guy and the helicopter rides. Yeah. On today's episode, we're going to cover a lot of unrelated ground. I want to tackle family and friends not taking your profession seriously and or always wanting to get free services from you. I'm also going to talk about the the spa and um, the waxing chain establishments and and how I think they're affecting the industry. And I'm also going to throw in a few little bonus waxing horror stories that I had saved from the last time that I gathered those from you guys. And follower at Ms. Danny Darko wanted me to give you guys a peek into my SD uh, treatment protocols. So I, I thought we would do that. Some of you, you've been in aesthetics way longer than me. Some of you, not as long. But one thing we probably have in common is confusion over what we actually do. I've been in it for over a decade, and I can tell you straight up that my parents have no idea what I truly do. Now, my mom, she knows that I do facials, waxing, that I tint stuff. Um, I tinted her one time and made her look like Groucho Marx. And for those of you that are too young to know that reference, just look up Groucho Marx. It's terrible. She also knows that she gets her products at cost, and, and that's that's about the extent of her knowledge. She will still look at me when she introduces me to someone and say, You say it. I can't even remember what it's called when she's trying to tell people what I do. For years, she told people I was a, what are those called? An anesthetist. You know what an anesthetist is? Yeah. Uh, I was constantly telling her friends, no, 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 no. I, I don't put you to sleep, at, at least not with drugs. And she is eternally parked on my first year in the field and how absolutely horrid it was uh, money and opportunity wise. It was bad. It was really bad. Doesn't matter where I work or how much money I earn now. 
She is always sending me job posts. Even when I taught aesthetics, I was a teacher, you guys, a teacher. I shaped young minds. She'd tell people I was a teacher, but not a real teacher teacher. Thanks, mom. I'll be sure to put you in the home where they don't flip you. I might still be a little bitter about that. What do you think? I know that you guys go through the same thing, being introduced as um, she just pops pimples for a living or she's a beautician. It sucks, but I can tell you, I've always got way better stories than those paper-pushing, mall-walking tricks that I call an auntie. The only time I get annoyed anymore is when they infer that I don't have a a quote-unquote real job. Then, depending on how stupid they are about it, I educate them, either with facts or with four-letter words, whichever I think they'll understand better. And with my family, that's typically four-letter words. What kills me, though, is those same family members and friends are the ones who are always wanting me to apply lashes. They're always volunteering for facials, like I don't know how the fuck to give a facial. Hello, I don't need to practice a facial. Or wanting me to um, wax them or their kids. Oh, so wait, let me get this straight. My, my job is a joke until you want your vajay waxed. Um, no, Auntie Pam. You can come to the shop and you can pay me to do your services. Or you can just walk around with your 70s bush hanging out your tankini at the next family pool party. If you are a student, hear me now. Please hear me. Don't start that free wax bullshit. I know you need to practice. Trust me, I should have practiced a hell of a lot more. But do it at school. Have your friends and your family go there, not to your house. The sooner that they see you as a professional, the better for everybody involved. And do me a favor. Don't play when you get them in the room. I know it is fun to work on your peeps, but treat them like a client and they'll act like a client. And then that whole weird exchange of money, it won't be so awkward for either of you. And if you aren't, um, how do you say, if you aren't like a confrontational type, like you don't like to start shit, or you like your family way better than I like mine, Just charge them what you'd normally rate on a commission in your place. Like if you work for someone, what's your commission split? Charge them the commission split plus a tip. They are not going to get it any cheaper anywhere else. And then you can just call it a product charge. Product is not free and they need to understand that. Oh, and on a side note, don't ever, I mean literally ever, expect your family and friends to take your skincare advice seriously. Your friends... (sighs) They can't get past the fact that they've held your hair while you've thrown up six Jaeger bombs and that order of chili fries that you told them would totally sober you up. I've stopped offering advice to anyone in my circles. Seriously, I'm just having fun watching them blow through products that don't work while their jawline is steadily creeping down toward their chest. Go ahead, girl. You keep your subscription to uh, Rodan and Fields and I'll just be over here looking fresh. All right, enough about my fresh looking face. I want to take you guys on a journey. I want to go back in time. Okay, let's, let's let's do this. Close your eyes. Unless you're driving. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. That would be a shit show. But close your eyes and go way back to a time when waxing, lashing, and facial chains were just a tiny baby startup that barely had a toehold in the market, if they even existed. All waxing was done in a um, spa or a salon. Or God forbid, in a fucking nail salon. Uh, by the way, side note here. If you're a, if you're a licensed esthetician, I am not talking about you. You can work in all the nail salons you want to. I'm 
talking about nail techs who do Brazilians and brow waxes in that little dark hallway that leads to the back door while all their co-workers walk through to uh, go take a smoke. Yeah, not you, licensed esthetician. Okay, let's, let's, let's continue our journey back in time. So you'd go to a salon or spa. A lovely dressed esthetician would walk you through dimly lit hallways while the sound of waterfalls and flutes filled the air around you. She'd smile gently, motion to a robe, a hand towel, some scented hot towels, and explain that everything there was for your convenience and that she'd be back in momentarily to get started. You'd undress, you'd pull on this plush-ass robe, you'd make use of those lavender and rosemary-scented towels, and you'd place yourself on the soft bed with a heated neck bolster like a sacrificial virgin and think, my god. This is almost worth what I'm about to do to my vagina. In 30 minutes, you'd leave hairless with a tiny aftercare bag and a chilled glass of fruit water. And you'd be about $90 lighter in your pocket. Okay, back to today. Ah, today. So you'd walk into a room with the thermostat set in the 60s, even in the dead of winter. The bed resembles a surgical table. Your esthetician is even in medical scrubs. She moves around with fast, efficient movements. She tells you to drop trowel and hop up onto the table. She gives you about 30 seconds with her back turned while she sets up supplies and you hurriedly shimmy out of your undies and slide onto the crinkly paper covering the cold table. You'll be done in probably under 15 minutes. The esthetician will walk you to the front and show you some retail you should buy to take care of your abused vagina. She'll extol the virtues of purchasing a wax pass. She's going to charge you 50-ish dollars. Oh, and you might never see her again. Yeah, yeah, you've already been through four waxers in just the last six months. Both types of wax appointments work for different people. I know people who love the whole experience of EWC. And then I, I know people who fucking hated every second of their experience at EWC. But it is obvious by the popularity of waxing chains that the whole turn and burn wax, it is quickly overtaking that relax and wax concept. Now, is this bad? I mean, I don't know. Depends on your perspective. I mean, let's look at chains. They teach you to wax. You can walk in and say, hi, I know shit all about waxing, but hey, I need a job. And they're like, fuck it, you're hired right there on the spot. And they will train you to wax in a way that seems really damn efficient. You can't help but get good at waxing. That is all you do over and over and over and over. The same with uh, the lash places. I can never think of the name of the 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 um the lash franchises. I don't know why. I want to call them like Smart Lash, but I think that that's like I'm getting Smart Clips or is it Smart Cuts mixed up with the lashes? I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about. So it's the same with the lashes and the facial places. Spa chains, I mean, they have completely revolutionized the industry overall. They are the reason spa services are now so common for everybody. Everybody gets spa treatments now. It's convenient. It's close. I mean, for fuck's sakes, there's literally one on every corner. And it's relatively cheap. It's also the reason that job growth in aesthetics is projected to grow by 11% by 2028. Way more, like way more than any other field. And that's insane. How does this play out for an esthetician? 
Uh, I mean, that's kind of like a, it's kind of a mixed bag. I don't think that any two people have the same experience at any job. And I know, and I know, some of y'all make fucking bank at those franchises. Kudos to you. But I will tell you, I polled 41 people through the wonderful Instagram and also through some people that I know who have worked or are working in the places that we've been talking about, the chain places. And out of those 41 people, so 41, only 11 people told me that the experience had been good for them. Now, I I will say all 41 acknowledged that the training helped them get really fast and efficient at waxing. A majority of them said the overall experience was disheartening and colored their views of the industry as a whole. And out of the 41 people, seven of my respondents said that they left the industry altogether, specifically because of the shit they went through at a, well, at a waxing chain establishment. Now that's some shit. The spy industry in general, you know, it does not offer growth. There's no room to grow. Um, Health benefits, I don't know, does anybody offer like legitimate health benefits? And you usually work for commission only, which you know, because most of you are doing it. It can be fucking feast or famine. And chains, chains seem to be the worst for pay rates. Like I said, I know some of you out there make a ton of money and you've been doing it for a while, but looking into it, chains have some of the worst pay rates and some of the most outrageous numbers to reach any sort of bonus. Yet they expect you to perform like a machine for hours and hours without complaint or feeling. But I'm here to tell you guys, applying lashes, constantly waxing, massaging backs and faces, it is stressful. It's not only stressful mentally, but it takes a toll on your physical well-being. This industry, this industry that you've chosen to be in, that everybody thinks is so fucking easy to do, it will tear your body to pieces. You, my lovelies, I hate to tell you, but you've got a shelf life in this industry. Those hands and that back, they are going to give out. And it is going to come apart a lot quicker if you are working yourself to fucking death. If you work someplace where you have, I don't know, 10 to 20 clients a day for body waxing, or you're doing 10 facials in a 10-hour shift, or five to seven full sets of volume lashes a shift. I know when I post memes about being so booked I can't take a piss, there is always, always somebody who will respond, you know, I'll take all those appointments, hashtag hustler, or some stupid shit like that. Like, I don't want the money or something. Um, yeah, I just want to work somewhere where my commission split and my tips are enough that I don't have to kill myself every single shift. I expect to work hard. I really do. And I expect to have shifts where some of them are back to back to back. But I should be able to make a livable wage without wanting to die at the end of every shift. But hey, I'm just an old bitch in the industry. So go ahead and get all those appointments, Hustler. And you'll also be getting the carpal tunnel, the herniated disc, and the arthritis in your hands. Go on. That's fine with me. When I'm 65, unlike you, I'll still be able to open a fucking jar. Now remember, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, so you can disagree. That's fine. And I can understand the turn and burn model is what is growing our industry. I'm not bashing it, per se. I'm just saying, if it looks and feels like a sweatshop, 
it might be a sweatshop. And speaking of sweatshops, I did save two lovely sweatshop waxing horror stories for you guys because I knew I'd be talking about chain waxing places. So let's go ahead and start with the first one. Um, this one is at CC the Waxer, and she has a lovely jizz story to share. Gotta love a good jizz story. She says, doing a male Brazilian, he got hard, no problem. About 10 minutes into waxing his scrotum, I hear a weird grunt, kind of groin, garbled sound. I'm like, are you okay? He says, yeah. And I watch him pinch the head of his shaft. And I'm like, okay, that's weird, but I'm just going to keep going since I was almost done. So I move my hand to stretch the skin and I, and it lands in something wet. I'm like, huh? What the fuck? Okay, anyway, keep going. Then my brain finally kicks in and I realize that this guy has ejaculated into his drape. So I'm freaking out. But I still finish waxing him and then run out of the room. I tell the front desk I'm banning him. So the next month he tries to book with me and my coworker ends up with him instead. What the hell? Look, just ban the guy and then nobody has to worry about him. So I told her what had happened at the end of the wax. Um, and when she finished, I asked her if he did it with her. And she said, yeah. He told her he had a, re- <laughs> he told her he had a reverse vasectomy and it just happens randomly. Yeah, I don't think so. Ha ha. Never again. Oh my God. Do men really think we're that stupid? Maybe they do. Okay, and the other story that I saved um, is from an anonymous listener, and she said she'd been working at EWC for a full year when she had a client come in that was obviously sick. Oh my God, keep y'all's asses at home when you sick. Okay, so she was obviously sick because she was blowing her nose and coughing. Uh, She says she reluctantly took this mucus-ridden woman (laughs) back for a, a nose wax and a Brazilian. She sniffled and sneezed twice before we made it to the room, and after getting undressed and on the table, I gloved up and started on her nose wax first. I put the stick up there, pulled, and almost lost my mind. Oh, oh, I hope y'all aren't eating. This is another one of those. Along with hair. (laughs) so gross. Why am I reading this? This massive gelatinous blood-filled mucus plug (laughs) came out with it and fell off the stick and onto the woman's sweatshirt. We both looked down and then made eye and then made eye contact with the hairy stick still raised in my hand. She looked incredibly embarrassed and used the tissue she'd had in her hand to mop it off her ch- Ugh, uh, uh, to mop it off her chest. Um, I did the other side without incident and moved on to her Brazilian. All was well. She was clean and waxed very well until we got to the backside. I had her pull her knees in and started to lay the first strip onto her crack when she coughed violently. And to my horror. <laughs> I watched a turd peek out of her ass and then slide back in out of sight. Y'all give me a second. (laughs) I quickly laid that strip and another, and as I was laying the last cleanup strip, she coughed again and another turd nugget peeks out and then slides back in. God. I finished the service and the poor woman coughed all the way to the front. And all I could picture was the turd nugget in her ass peeking out each time. I am done with y'all. I'm so done. Oh my god. For the last segment of the show, I had a request from at Ms. Danny Darko to hear about my facial protocols and what steps that I actually do. And I thought that would be an easy peasy one to cover since more than likely my rants about chain spas would make me go over time. 
and it did. So I do the exact same thing you guys do. I'm sure. Currently, I'm using uh, Image, Skincare, Dermatality, and some SkinCeuticals in the room. I start out asking the client if they want to relax or if they want to see changes in their skin. Yeah, so they know I'm going to be a good time. If they say relax, I do your standard European facial with all the fluffy massage and crap. Uh, knowing that they are fully aware, they're going to leave feeling pampered, but that's about it. And you guys know, we're estheticians, we can keep it real. Those frou-frou facials do nothing except cleanse and hydrate. And I do try to get an hour out of those. God help us, it's the longest hour of my life, but I do try. If, however, they say they want me to actually do something to their skin, I base everything off what their skin looks like, uh, what their budget is, and honestly, what their current home care. Because home care is super important, you know that. And I don't follow a single protocol, (laughs) which is terrible. My old students are probably screaming at me right now because, guys, I was the fucking protocol Nazi when I taught. Literally. You will do it as it's written or I will punch you in your throat. I, I would really say that to them. I was a great teacher. But my theory is if you know ingredients, you know what works together. And you know what doesn't. And you also know in what order they should be used for the client. You know, easy. Have fun with your stuff. I mean, have fun with your treatments. Experiment a little bit. When you're confident in ingredients, then you can do a lot more. But I do the standard stuff. You know, double cleanse. And please, always double cleanse. Make time. Figure out how to make time. People are dirty birds. Once is not enough. Oh, a little bit of trivia. Do you know what the, the least clean part of the face is? I'll give you a second. The very center. Is that not insane? Because of the uh, makeup of the anatomy of our hands, we tend to steeple our fingers when we wash our face. And we completely miss, like, the top of our nose uh, and under the nose and the center of the chin under the lip. You have to really think and, like, bend and manipulate your fingers to apply enough pressure and reach to clean those areas well. Norms don't do that. Estheticians do. So, double cleanse. Then I exfoliate, I extract. Oh, okay, here I go. Another tangent. Do you mind if I if I pull up my soapbox for a moment here? Because I'm going to anyway. Stop trying to kill people with extractions. You know, you know you have about 10 to 12 minute window of opportunity when you properly prep someone's skin to do extractions. And after that, the skin, it <laughs> it's not giving up anything without a fight. So all you're doing is you're exchanging blackheads for broken capillaries and hyperpigmentation. And in some clients, you guys are creating fucking monsters that all of us have to deal with. The number of clients I have come in asking for extractions is ridiculous. Like, what the fuck am I extracting, Pam? Your soul? Because you don't have anything on your face. Okay, I'm going to kick away my soapbox now. Okay, and then after that, I treat it and finish the facial with, you know, all the normal stuff. Eye cream, serums, blah, blah, blah. We're pretty simple, which I find for most people is the best approach anyway. The fanciest we get is microneedling. Don't do any sort of machines or anything like that. Machines are pretty fucking useless anyway, in my opinion. Remember, all this is my opinion. I mean, microderm, please. It's only good for roughing up the skin to better numb. The hydrofacial, come on now. It's just rebranded silk pill machine circa 2006. And the oxygen facial, (laughs) my God, that's the funniest one to me. And the most expensive. Show me the third-party scientific evidence or study 
that blowing pressurized air onto the skin does anything beyond causing edema. Pressure equals swelling. Swelling equals smoother looking skin. And no, the exfoliation you did ahead of time doesn't expose new flourishing skin cells. If you exposed new flourishing skin cells, come on now, you'd be into the dermis. And then you'd be dealing with a client that was bleeding out on your table. We're epidermal dwellers only, remember? And I know, oxygen is great for your body. I'm a firm believer in breathing as much as possible. Breathing in the endless trove of atmospheric oxygen that we live in every single second of our lives for free. But hey, if you've got a client that'll pay you $300 to $500 to blow on them in a non-sexual way, sis, blow all day long. I'm not mad at you. Okay, before I end the show, just a few things I wanted to share with you. I'm hoping to have some fun things brewing in the new year. I'm working on getting a uh, Patreon account set up. Some of you guys have been asking me about that. That takes a little bit of effort, so I'm I'm working on it. Uh, When I do get it put together, I'll be offering exclusive content, bonus episodes, and some interviews I'm hoping to get underway any day now. And maybe some merchandise. That's right. I heard your request for a shirt that says, I have the vocabulary of a coked up truck driver, or for something that says, I'm an esthetician on the edge. You guys had way more creative ideas for merchandise than I could have ever fathomed. So stay tuned for all that. Now you lovelies do have an assignment over the holidays. Send me all of your horrible client stories, the the worst of the worst. Like the the boss Pam, send me those. One listener and listener, I'm so sorry. Uh, you follow me on Instagram too, and I lost your IG handle. But you had a fabulous idea of having a worst client of the week to end each episode, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I love that." So if you'll resend me your name, I'll give you a shout out, girl. All right, gotta go. Thank you all for listening, for subscribing, and telling all of your friends about the account and this podcast. Uh, Thank you for leaving all of those great five-star reviews. Apple is like sending me emails like, what the fuck is going on and who the fuck is this upstart podcast? (laughs) Like weekly. Uh, Hello, we're estheticians and we're fucking angry a lot. As always, wishing you a pam-free week. See you next